When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We, we, we delved once again into the My Sporting Life archive, but it was a, it was an event as opposed to a, a, a personality this time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was the 88 Cup Final yeah. with everybody covered. Yeah, that's um, right. All, all bases were covered. Um, we also uh, chatted to Ben Bloom, Athletics correspondent of The Telegraph. Uh, he was quite surprised at the performance enhancement he got from a pair of these super shoes. I found this very interesting. Yeah. More interesting than perhaps on paper I would think it would be. Yeah. Well, maybe I just hope the listeners feel the same yeah, absolutely. as they find out what we're talking about. Um, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? We did have a Various chat. Various bits and pieces. Offload a big picture of my face. Yeah, that's mm. right. It's still up for grabs. Are we, are we going to make... Uh, well, anyway, look, we'll, we'll worry about that later. So, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. I guess there's probably only one place to start, and that was obviously my plan to try and bring the nation together mm. um, by... Uh, well, to, to make the a game beyond South Southampton and Palace fans, to make mm. that game for the neutral worth watching. Absolutely right. Yes. And so I, I said, look, there's going to be under... There's ten corners or under, mm. I said there'd be, and I was confident with that. And then uh, my my Twitter exploded with people who clearly don't have enough things to do. Yeah. Chris, you ruined people's evenings. <laughs> well, in many ways, I did bring the nation together, but not mm. how I anticipated. Chris, six corners inside 30 minutes, not looking good. Gavin, at nine corners already, Max, not looking great for you. No more corners, said mm. YLD Drums, Paravamirias. These all could have been watching the Brits. <laughs> they could have been... been having a really good night, <laughs> but you've got into their heads and you made them watch a game and count corners. 11 corners after 40 minutes. Scenes. 13 corners already, said James. Madness <clears throat> on the South Coast. How have you managed to jinx the corners, said Bruce. <laughs> Lee, just the 18 corners so far. 20 in the end, there mm. were. Um, half of all Premier League games finished be- with between 9 and 13 corners. Right. I've, I've tried to find out. Well, what a waste of my morning it was. I, I can't find <clears throat> out the, the most number of corners <clears throat> ever in a Premier League game. You've, I can't you've find found it, that. You found it, it was a Leicester-Manchester United match, wasn't it? You On said? the 13th of November 1965, Leicester City were awarded at least 34 <clears throat> corners in a home wow. game against Manchester 34. United. And still lost 5-0. <laughs> they got to do some work on either Manchester United's zonal marking in 1965 yeah. was excellent, or Leicester needed to do some more on the training ground they set to work on set pieces, in, in the yeah. mid-60s, yeah. yes. So uh, if anybody does know the most number of corners, and don't say four uh, in a Premier League football match, mm. um, I'd like to find out. But it yeah. was an interesting deep dive into the corner, and it did bring people together, so yeah. we did our job. 
bit more housekeeping. Um, we spoke yesterday about the big game between Woking yes. and Sutton in the uh, National League. We brought in our talkie supporting producer and Fletcher, who just heard bringing in the uh, news and sport, a big Woking fan. He wanted his team to lose last night to stymie their rivals, not geographically, of course, talkie. Well, it finished 3-2. Um, Woking gave it a good go. It did. And um, it's now opened things up, really. It, it stopped port. They drew. It looks like it's a two-horse race between Sutton and Torquay but uh, Sutton has the, to yes as the producer was saying earlier on you know Sutton have still got to go to Hartlepool and get something so yeah. I'd love it I'd love it so it's gone down that route now so he's putting the pressure on them but there we are other bit of housekeeping dealt with in the news we spoke to Marcel van der Kron yesterday about the possibility of uh, Virgil van Dijk going to the Euros with Holland and uh, he has made a statement I'm sure a lot of very relieved Liverpool fans I mean if I was a Liverpool fan I'd think oh come on you've missed most of the season don't do this um, and I think thankfully he hasn't which is good can we just do a little bit more housekeeping which oh yeah is, I like Trevor Sinclair and mm, yeah. he did score an excellent overhead kick once mm. uh, that I'm a big fan of I know but but trying to tell, you know, trying to get Manchester United a points deduction mm. for play, play, six, for, no less, for playing some of the players in their squad mm. seems, you know, you name a twenty-five, presumably <clears throat> you should be able to use those twenty-five. Fair yeah. enough if you used, but if they brought in eleven ringers, mm. I kind of see the point, you know. Or if they played the under nines, fair enough. Yeah, but come or on, or a veterans team. Come on. Well, they'd put out a vet side. <laughs> I think so. Put out a vets yeah. team. You'd they'd go, put out a legends, enough. a team of well, legends. You know, they did. They they're okay, weren't they? I yeah, mean, it was a pretty close game. I mean, they weren't beaten. They won. And I, I tend to agree with you. I looked at it and, you know, nominally my team are one of that chasing pack. Yeah, kind well, of. Well, let's not go too far. But, you know, the, the idea that, you know, the, the integrity was lost. You know, if you make a team play Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, they probably won't play the same 11 players. Yeah. It's not 1973 anymore. <laughs> you can't do that. So I didn't blame them for one minute and 2 1. Was you know was no disgrace really was no. it? So uh, I, I, they, they should keep their points intact. Yes, uh, we officially it's official now. Manchester United won't be docked any points. We've mm. decided. Yeah. We had a chat with Trevor after his, after the show. We thanked him for what he'd done, but we've said no. We're not taking that. it any further. But that volley was up. That the Leicester opener yeah. wasn't that beautiful. There's nothing. It's a side foot pass. It's the greatest yeah. skill in football, and it was just a brilliant finish, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was reminiscent joy. of a of a bail goal at Stoke. It's something about a sort of volleyed side foot type. You know, do you remember that one? I think you don't they're think different. So? I'm, they're you different. I was in step from Bale. You think, oh, okay. I think so. Well, this is more... Pedant, a, I am, well, that's important, yeah. isn't it? Sitting there counting corners and talking about whether it was <laughs> side foot or in step. You're enjoying this. And this the, is the a whole of this show behind me, mm. kind of looming, leering over my shoulder, is a massive Panini sticker of Max Rushton's face. Yeah, How big would you say that is? Is it probably about... Is that one and a half three, times my normal head? It's about three foot by three foot. Yeah. And the good people at Panini have heard Max do, doing his... Panini-related material at the weekend. <laughs> sounds, sounds more sordid than it is. They have put together a kind of an England Panini sticker for him for the Euros. And the thing is, you walk home. You have a walk of about half an hour, 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I do. Are you going to carry that home with you? I'm and gonna, what will the gaffer say when you say, I want to put it above the TV? Or I, I, Are you going to play that card just for a bit of fun? Say, no, look, I like it. I'm going to no, put it I'm, on the wall. I'm going to. There are not enough photos of me in this office, <clears> and I'm going <throat> to hang it up here. Really? Yeah, going to bring in a hammer and nail. You know how good I am at DIY, bring in a hammer and nail, could, stick it up somewhere. We could have a Max Rushton competition you could give it away to one of your acolytes. Oh, that's a good idea. Would anybody like a giant picture of me? <laughs> Is that a self-indulgent yeah. quiz? <laughs> <laughs> 8, 8, 10, 89. And why? Mm. Why do you want it? <laughs> why do you want Are we going to pay the postage? Yeah, or I'll pay. I'll cover when the I postage. say we? Yeah, I'll happily <laughs> cover them. I'll get it couriered. That'll cost a few to... 
a few quid to post. You might as well strap it to someone's back <laughs> on a bike. Make sure it go, goes to someone in Dumfries uh, or something. Yeah, I, <laughs> Do you want a giant picture of Max Rushton and why? Are us. you driving a cab around the Shard as well? Have you, been having, have you been having trouble with sort of foxes coming after you? You want something to frighten the local... Um, the local vermin, then uh, tell us why you need it. What, what could you do with a three-foot-by-three-foot three massive hid <laughs> of, of Max Rushton? Dangerous text topic <laughs> ever done. Well, let's see what we get. We'll read the stuff we can Yeah, read. absolutely right. Within reason. Yeah, within why reason. Why do you want it? Come and, and, what are you, and what are you going to do with it? And be creative. <clears throat> Treat it in the spirit. Yes. Which, you know, don't, don't use it as an excuse to have a pop at him, for goodness sake. We're having a bit of fun. Yeah. Gr- grow up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. A lot of people are interested in taking that three foot yes, by three foot are, picture they? of your Panini uh, sticker of your head mm. for various things. I need to improve my darts, says Peter. Of course, thank you. A few people have said that, Peter. Yes. Thank you uh, for that. Um, we collect cardboard cutouts, says Paul, and picks at work. So it will be a great addition to our collection. I don't know what the others are. Uh, <laughs> Russell has emailed. You can email the show, by the way, max.rushton yeah. at talksport.co.uk mm. if you want to bypass the quality filter of Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Come straight to me. Come Hi, straight to him with all your garbage. A few years ago, you did a video message, says Russell, for me. I lost my phone this week and with it, the video, very sad. I would mm. use it as the beginning of a shrine to the cult of Max. Right. Blimey, Russell. Yeah, it's a bit partridge, that, isn't <laughs> it? Really? The big tattoo on the back. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now we have a cup final this weekend. I much prefer the cup final being the end of the season, I've got to be honest, but, you know, it's been a bit of a weird year, so it's the least of our problems. Do you think there should be a, an, an amnesty or we should this should be the last ever cup final where you're allowed to say... I remember when the TV coverage would start at 8 yeah. in the morning. Talk about the wrestling. Absolutely, yeah. Tarby's uh, Star Bar and all that Gerald stuff. Gerald down the bus on the wall, yeah. you know, with the team. A, a couple of fans getting tickets outside the stadium, yeah. being given them by, you know, well, we've yeah. got you a pair of tickets now. And then finding out after they were touts. So anyway, let's, um, <laughs> let's look back at a memorable cup final. 1988, uh, Wimbledon versus um, Liverpool. Uh, a great commentary moment from Motti, of course, among our memories. Uh, and some of the main protagonists from that game did an excellent My Sporting Life with Danny Kelly uh, a while back. It's available to listen to again in the build-up to this uh, weekend's Cup Final uh, on the Talk Sport app. Danny joins us as always. Hi, Dan. Hello, man. Thank you for having me again. Listen, just to say that um, calling it an excellent My Sport in Life, with all due respect, Paul, you're the master of elegant understatement. It's absolutely bonkers, this programme. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. I, I've got no false modesty about it. Um, and when, when My Sport in Life um, was on that run of winning radio programme of the year over and over again, and all that sort of stuff. I have to say, I always thought it was because of this one program. Mm. Um, look, we got three people who were very much involved: Bobby Gould and Terry Gibson from the Wimbledon camp, Ray Houghton from the Liverpool camp. And I have to say, Bobby was in particularly honest mood that day and decided he was going to tell everything about the run up to that cup final and the game itself. Ray had not heard, but what, what Wimbledon had been up to all the time. And at one stage, and you'll hear it in the show. A, li- a little tear ran down his face. He started to cry wow. at memories of that amazing cup final where Wimbledon beat um, Liverpool, despite the uh, uh, extraordinary preparations uh, for the game. I have to tell you as well that we had to edit some of it. Some of it was so 
near the knuckle some of the things that were going on you'd have to meet me in a pub to get the full <laughs> version but there's still enough great stuff in there uh, to enjoy it we'll kick off with Bobby and this before they even got to Wembley and this this is a great story Bobby, I've heard Bobby tell this uh, it's a corker um, it's hard to believe if people watching the Premier League now that this sort of thing went on this is how teams travelled to uh, FA Cup semi-finals but this was the minibus trip to the semi-final at White Hart Lane I looked at Donna and I said, do you want a pre-match meal? Do you want a big hotel? He says they couldn't handle it. I says, OK. So I'll tell you what, I says, we'll have the lads that live south of the river and they'll go in the minibus with me and those that live north of the river just drive up, drive up to the White Art Lane. I said, I can't get them parking passes, so, but they'll drive up and we'll, so they'll have their own food at home and Sam will, Sam will be happy at that. He'll be saving a few, Bob, anyway. But I said to the missus, I says, I'm too nervous. I says, I, I says I'm not driving our car. You drive our car. So she, she was in the Fiat Chroma. I said, you follow me and I'll take the minibus. We had John Scales. I drive up to the Blackfriars Bridge and there's these two coppers. They said, who are you? I says, I'm Bobby Gould. He says, what are you doing in that? I said, I'm driving this minibus. He said, oh, we're waiting for the Wimbledon team coach. I said, this is it. <laughs> Am I right in thinking, though, that the players, the Wimbledon players who come to the semi-final of the FA Cup in their own cars, the ones who live north of the river, yeah. couldn't get into the very tight car park? Oh, no, they place. had to park outside. They had to find parking spaces outside. in the street and walk to the ground, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Drive to White Hart Lane, and then we get into the, go into White Hart Lane. I'm, I'm driving into the uh, car park, and it's Jobsworth. And the Jobsworth goes, stop! You are, you can't, you're not coming in with that. I says, why not? He says, well, it, we're waiting for the Wimbledon tea coach. I says, this is it. He says, no, it's not. It's not a coach. It, it's a minibus. I says, pal, if you don't let me in, I says, there's no game. He says, what do you mean? I says, well, I've got the kit. I've got the boots. I've got everything. And if you'll stop us from going in there, we, no, fo- no football game. Are you taking that responsibility? <laughs> it's amazing. It's hard to park at White Hart Lane at the best of times, it is. isn't it? Oh, that, some, that of the, some of the Wimbledon players down to, the road. <laughs> some of the Wimbledon players had to park so far away, and everyone knows what the parking's like in that part of North London, even 30 years ago. Some of them had to jog to the semi-final in order to play the game. Um, it was, uh, I mean, there was that, and then uh, you know we haven't got time for all of this. The story about the hotel on the night before and John Fashnu punching the bathroom door down. Um, the, the the ticketing arrangements. Um, hello, uh, my learned friends, etc. Uh, it was just an incredible. It, the game itself is. We shouldn't forget the, the cup final in 1988 was still the biggest domestic game of the season, um, and you know the game itself was dwarfed by what was going on, particularly with the Wimbledon lot. Meanwhile, Liverpool, uh, the best, arguably the best club team in Europe at the time, are blithely unaware of all of this. Yeah, <laughs> and there was all these stories, Annie, that maybe Liverpool had not taken it seriously enough. They thought they would just roll Wimbledon over. But I know um, you spoke to Ray about this and he talked about how Liverpool went into that final I mean there's huge pressure on us because I think every bookmaker and establishment out there had us favourites not only to win it but by a country I mean there was also talk about the, the, a record victory for Liverpool I mean all this nonsense that was out there we knew it was going to be tough because we played the them, I mean, played they, them a couple they, of times that season Wimbledon did finish ninth in the league that year it's not like you're talking about pub team for all the, the laugh we're having about this it, then it, yeah but I think, I think what everyone was taking into consideration is the way that Liverpool had played yes. you're playing at Wembley it's the first time Wimbledon had been to a major final the Liverpool players and club had been there on numerous occasions and it was a case of if they turned up and played and played the football in this big open expansive pitch then it was going to be Liverpool's for the taking Yeah, Uh, I mean later on as I say when um, Bobby and Terry Gibson start to outline exactly what had been going on prior to the game 
Um, Ray did. I mean, he he was this was this was thirty years after the event, certainly twenty five years after the event. He he was literally tears running down his face, not laughing. I can assure you, and he was just saying over and over again, "How did this happen? How did this happen?" <laughs> it, it's incredible. I mean, I. I I hope it's reflected when you play the thing, uh, when you listen to the thing. My own enjoyment of the actual interview was almost better than the cup final for me. It got better and better and better. <laughs> well, I should make the point, Paul, very quickly. Yes. I should make the point as well. The previous year, of course, Spurs had lost the FA Cup final mm. um, to Coventry, and I'd been boycotting the tournament as protest. I only I only decided to watch the final at the last minute. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. I'm a ridiculous man. Well, I know that. The team have been boycotting cup finals for most of the yes. years since early. Um, Terry Gibson, uh, you spoke to him as well. And, uh, of course, we got Motti's, uh, the crazy gang of beating the culture club, of course. Um, but um, this is how Terry said he felt when that final whistle blew. You know, the build-up. Then they play the music while they, they're introducing the teams and all that. Getting to Wembley itself, walking on the pitch, seeing your family. Abide with me. I was in the, the shower because it was so hot. I had to be warmed up. Had a shower literally two or three minutes before we went out. Cold shower to cool down. You can hear abide with me. So the whole thing is massively emotional for a first timer like myself. Uh, only time, and of course to win it as well. That, that's when it, it really kicks on the emotion of all those years growing up, watching these cup finals and, and pretending you're the player that's just scored the winning goal and you've just done it. And you know, to, as I said, to do it. And you look along the, uh, the bench. Kenny Dalglish was there and all these famous people that have been involved in with Liverpool. And you, it certainly made it special for us that we, we beat such a special football club. Good stuff. It's yeah. a great story, isn't it? Just yeah, very amazing. quickly there, Terry. Terry, of course. And there's no spoiler mm. here because it's solid goal from start to finish, if I say so myself. Terry, of course, shouldn't mm. have been playing. He'd injured himself the previous day in training um, and knew that his foot was going to swell up. And you'll hear it in the programme. Terry then goes to bed with his foot still inside the football books. He knew if he took it off, he would wow. never get it on again. And so nobody at the club knew at the time mm. that he would never have passed a fitness test and he slept in his football boots to make sure um, that he got to play in the cup final. Brilliant. So uh, a great story. People should have a, a listen back to that before the final <laughs> this weekend. Danny. Good stuff. Cheers, Danny. We'll catch up with you next week. Oh, I hope so. Cheers, Bob. Uh, there are Danny Kelly, the host of My Sporting Life, and that is well worth a listen. It's a great listen. There's some brilliant stories. We just scratched the surface there. Go along. It's the TalkSport um, app. Just download it from wherever you get your apps. You can swipe between TalkSport and TalkSport 2 for all of our live sport and more. And uh, you can listen to the My Sporting Life archive and that uh, reflection on the 1988 FA Cup final. Um, lots of people asking. We put a picture out on the TalkSport website of the uh, offending article, the three foot by three foot poster of uh, Max Rushton on a Panini sticker. It's bigger than that. People, you think it is? I don't know. It is large. It, it's, it, you know, I mean, it's, I'd say it's roughly about that. Yeah. It's big enough. And you want it bigger? <laughs> I did say, send it back. I'd like it bigger. But what would you like it and what would you do with it? Andrew says, I'd stick it to my television every Saturday morning to imagine I'm watching the Soccer AM Glory Year. Good for you, Andrew. <laughs> Absolutely right. I'm about as wooden in that photo as I was for the first couple of years of the glory years <laughs> as well. Lots of people, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people want it. So we'll tweet that out and mm. uh, from TSH and J. Go and check it out, see what you think, and uh, tell us why you'd like it. Uh, I would take it to our first championship game at London Road no, next season. You. No, I'm, I'm not sure what would happen to it there. Showed Max some real Cambridgeshire football. It might yeah. it might get burnt. Many, many congratulations on your promotion, Yeah, Peter You'll be joining them next year, one way or the other? Uh, we'll go, well, they'll come down, we'll go up again, yeah. won't we? <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hi guys, my name is Steve. It's a text message. I love the show. I'd love the picture of Max, please. 3 by 3 panini sticker, giant one on my head. I have a pub shed in my garden called Rexy's 44 Pub. I'd put it as pride of place in there. I'm willing to change the name of the pub to Rushton's Retreat. Do you like that? Rushton's Retreat? Yes, that's an excellent idea. Yeah, okay. Well, that's almost you... too friendly an offer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, we weren't looking for those, were we? We've got something else to run past you very quickly as well, which we didn't get around to earlier on. You probably would have seen all these people that turned up for their um, their vaccination and got in a, a queue at Home Park and uh, found they were queuing for Plymouth Argyle season tickets. <laughs> the thing about it, you get a Plymouth season ticket, yeah. you, f- you feel fine that day, the That's next right. day it really hurts. Well, it really knocks you, really you, knocks really you for I was six, in bed yeah. for a week after <laughs> I bought a Plymouth yeah. Argyle season ticket. So, um, have you ever got in the wrong queue? We're looking for, uh, or line if you're in America. Um, have, you, have you ever got in the wrong queue? Uh, let us know this afternoon and uh, why what were the consequences of it? We had a couple of good ones, didn't yes, we? Yes, uh, Ben, uh, no relation to Lawrence Fox, says, first yeah. day on first ever snowboarding holiday after an hour's lesson, I actually got accidentally got in the wrong lift queue and found myself at the top of a black run. I took hours to get down, sliding oh. on my backside. It's quite a good good one. Nick says, my worst for wear brother was queuing at a burger stall at Creamfields. When he made it to the front, the lady told him he needed the next stall along. She only sold tea and coffee. Three times he repeated the same exercise <laughs> until the lady just got him a burger from the next stall. 
Very good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. You've been telling us about the uh, the wrong things you queued for uh, this afternoon in light of what happened to the people who went for their jab and nearly bought a Plymouth Argyle <laughs> season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I have to come back 23 times and then I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> That's right. Really? Yeah. Um, Lucy says, uh, my dad and I queued at Elland Road for the playoff final tickets, uh, only to eventually realise when a man with a guitar joined the queue that we were in fact in the X Factor Auditions queue that were being held on the same day. <laughs> oh, oh no, imagine doing all the way through with your dad one of those novelty acts daughter father and daughter <laughs> singing the classics uh, thank you lucy uh, this comes from uh, you put your name on this one a few years ago i was backpacking around the world nice gig i was in uh, tel aviv sleeping in a dormitory for a few nights me and a fellow traveler went out into town for, to the street food market to have a bit of grub i queued for five minutes at a falafel stand uh, when i got to the counter i was chuffed to see the lad taking the uh, the money was wearing a birmingham city shirt I gave him a high five and started walking away with my falafel wrap. My mate then noticed that this shirt had my name on the back. He'd stolen both of our backpacks and was wearing my mate's trainers. Choice words were exchanged and we got our stuff back. Uh, this is from Grant uh, from Enfield, an old stationer's FC. Yeah, good side. Um, uh, dear boys, uh, read the wrong queue. At the start of lockdown last year, I ordered a set of paint rollers from B&Q Click and Collect in Enfield. When I arrived, the queue was about a mile long, so I joined the back and edged forward patiently till I got to the front of the queue. I was approached by a worker who asked what I'd ordered. I said, a set of mini paint rollers. And she said, sorry, sir, this is the queue for Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> so I could not get out of the queue because it was cordoned off about 10 cars had to reverse so I could come, go back out and join the B&Q line. Very wow. embarrassing. I, I know, that, there, I know you... that particular estate and oh, I'm trying you. to think how this could have happened. Um, I, I, mean, I, once still, can't, there, I, I still can't get my head round it. I just get a bucket of wings and, and just yeah, go over. You may have you? done. You may have gone down the Krispy Kreme route. I've got no idea. Thank you to George, by the way, uh, who uh, is interested in the uh, th- the three by three foot giant panini sticker of my head. If yeah. you'd like it, uh, tell us why. I'll give it away. Happy to. I'll pay for the postage. George has emailed. It's a way to get through to the show uh, without the quality control of Paul. And so it comes straight to me, <laughs> max.rushton at talksport.co.uk. Mm. Hi, Max. I think you'd fit in wonderfully next to th- this lot. This is all. And in one of his rooms, he has framed... Uh, sort of portraits with yeah. a, it looks like the moon behind them of the following Messi Ronaldo Maradona Pele Cruyff Ronaldinho R9 Ronaldo and George Best I'm not sure I'm not sure if I should be in that company I'll be honest <laughs> well, I don't know what you think Paul are you happy, well, are you happy with me alongside it's, that it's an awful lot bigger than all the other pictures I'm not sure that's the main problem as well I think it's in between George Best and R9 yeah. Yes, it's a front three. It's a great sorts, company to be in, isn't it? Um, mm. Richard said, I'd love the picture of Max because I I have limited space at home. Okay. I live with my girlfriend and parents. She's constantly moaning I take up too much space, even though I only have about one drawer and a maximum of one-eighth of a very large wardrobe owing to the fact she won't know who Max is or <laughs> anyone else in the household will either. I feel this would be a very good addition to my already limited space. He wants you to basically use you as a weapon, a space <laughs> weapon. <laughs> I've been called that, to be fair. <laughs> LJ says, I'd hang it on my bedroom ceiling as a reminder every time that I wake up that no matter how little talent someone can have, they can still make it in this world, he says. Uh, thank you. It's friendly, friendly banter, he calls. That old mug and says I'd start up a cab company and call, you know, you know he's saying I should. 
start up mm. a cab company, call it Rushton's Cabs, and use it as a sign on the top of the cab. That would be good, yeah. Colin says, as luck would have it. I That's mean, a f- funny, odd way to start a business, though, isn't it? Well, I've got the three-foot panini <laughs> sticker. I might as well start Mark a cab well. company. All the setup, the radio equipment, <laughs> getting the drivers on board. You know, it's a big, it's a big, it's quite a big undertaking. I'm, not, I'm prepared to do it. It all started with a three-foot by three-foot <laughs> poster, and now he's getting, now he is the Uber of the UK. <laughs> Colin says, as luck would have it, I'm in the area. I'm mm. available to pick it up. Unfortunately, however, I don't want it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Thanks, well, thanks, fair enough. Everything was going so well. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You'll be aware of the, the controversy around these uh, athletic super shoes that have seen uh, records uh, being broken. And, you know, some people talk about, should there be an asterisk alongside them because uh, they give you an unfair advantage? And most people from the outside say, well, it's just a pair of trainers. How much real difference can it make? Well, we have talked about this before, and I think the answer is surprisingly considerable. Uh, the latest to uh, don a new pair, because we were told, really, when the first ones came along, you, you know, they'd been patented and no one could copy them. Well, that hasn't worked out quite as well as everybody hoped, certainly the first people uh, who did them, uh, because uh, ASICs now have their own pair. And Ben Bloom, the Telegraph's athletics correspondent, uh, tried them for size and was quite shocked by the result. Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon. I mean, people, when they, they, I'm sure, you know, you go out somewhere in the days when you could go to a party or have a drink, people say, oh, you're the athletics correspondent of the Telegraph. Do you ever write about those new shoes? What difference can they make? They're a pair of shoes. I mean, people, are they, are they, are they sceptical about it? <laughs> um, yeah, pe- people are sceptical and people also just dismiss it and go, well, technology changes. How much difference can it really make? It will give you a second here, a second there, but do you expect us to run in boots that we wore 100 years ago, that type of thing? Which is, you know, fair comment, I suppose. But you put these shoes on, and, I mean, look, fair play, you're 5K, you're a good runner, right? You, you know, you're running pretty fast anyway, and in many ways that makes it more extraordinary that you took, what, like over a minute off your 5K time? Yeah, it was it was just under a minute. Um, I, I put these new... Uh, Asics shoes that were responsible for the 5k uh, the women's 5k world record falling last month so I thought I'd try them out uh, I've never worn these so-called any of these so-called super shoes uh, before and I was absolutely staggered I really was they, they feel like nothing I've ever put my feet in before nothing I've ever run in before it really is like having little trampolines on your feet you 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 fe- you feel like your legs are encouraging you and willing you on when the rest of your body is tiring your legs are going keep going keep going keep going it's strange i, I mean that's, that's the really interesting i went for a hmm. run this morning and i was trying to do 10 and i had my first jab last when i'm feeling a bit flat and i've got no willpower and after about six i just gave up i saw a I saw one of those e-bikes and just got it and went home. <laughs> but like that thing in your article when you say, you know, every part of your body wants to stop. And with me and my normal clogging trainers, that included my feet. It, it sort of defies science. Do you see what I mean? It just doesn't yeah. make any sense that at that moment when you're knackered, they are driving you on. Exactly. You have, you have don't get me wrong, you get exactly the same. Your heart is pumping, your lungs are burning. You, you feel aerobically like you're at your absolute limit but you just don't have the same feeling in your legs and it it kicks in in the later stages at the start you 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 can run at the same pace at the start of your run you can always run at the same pace but it's Mm. when that usual fatigue sets in that's when these shoes start to work their magic 
Now, do they help with impact as well? Because obviously, you know, people of a certain age go out and run maybe and the, and the, the knees have taken a bit of a pounding. Do they show any signs of helping there? Yeah, definitely. Well, that, that's what the manufacturers say and I can I can definitely believe it that they reduce the impact on your knees, your ankles, so you will be able to recover quicker um, and therefore it put, is, puts less stress on your legs. So they are beneficial. And in terms of fitness, are they, you know, if you're if that's getting you a minute faster, is that is that better for you or worse for you know you're doing less running? So, so I, I'm just trying to work you out. Must still be doing the same running. I mean, you're, still, <laughs> you're doing the, the same the distance. Feet, you're doing the same distance than when the one foot's going in front of the other. That it is feel, true. Yeah. It just feels well, easier. I'm not. I'm not an athletics correspondent. Paul, as you noticed there. <laughs> well, nor am I. <laughs> does, that, does that question make any sense, Ben? Or shall I strike it from the record? I, I think. I think you put in the same amount of energy you get back more output so right. it it makes life easier if you want to run say you're you're set on running a 20 minute 5k you will be able to put in a little less energy to do that 20 minute hmm. 5k but if you want to put in the same amount you'll probably run run quicker than 20 minutes but they're still very expensive these ones are 225 pounds they are they're all over 200 quid and we're probably likely to see more and more of these so they are for serious runners but when people now ask you ben uh, what do you do 5k and what are you going to say you're going to you're going to talk about is it life with the, the new trainers or or not i don't know it's it, it's the dilemma that i grappled with in in the piece that i wrote after testing them i know what i'm physically capable of running 5k in uh and yet suddenly I can quote a time that's nearly a minute quicker than that. And mm. I don't feel I've done anything to earn it. So uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. But by the, but by the same token, yeah, I think you should take it because if you didn't, if you did your normal 5k in your, in your Nike Pegasus, which you normally wear or a pair of old Dunlop green flash, you'd probably quick be quicker in the Pegasus. So I, I have a bit of sympathy for that argument. In that you know the technology does move on; these are becoming a, a bit a, a more of the norm. So I, you know, I'd, I'd take it if I was you. <laughs> all right, thank, thank you. That's, I'll, that's I'll, all right. Young, yeah. Well, I, just under eighteen minutes can is what. Yeah. You can, can say, I? Yeah. Can I just check what? How? How different or how similar is this to the debate about the shoes that the Olympians are wearing and, and what they should and shouldn't be wearing? Um, well, this this technology is in is in. Uh, trainers now road running shoes so at the olympics in the marathon they will be wearing these shoes they've now harnessed the same technology into track spikes as well so we're going to see exactly the same thing in middle distance track races so mm. 800 meters 1500 anything up to 10k it's going to be exactly the same as this times the times that we have always associated in the past with a certain level of achievement that has now gone Oh, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so it we sort of need two world record, pre and post well, this, this two world record. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a huge debate. But ben, thank you. Thanks, Thanks very ben. much. Thank you. Ben Bloom there, the athletics correspondent of The Telegraph. You can read his piece today in a bit more detail if you're looking to invest in a pair of super shoes. So what you're telling me is if I run 5K, yeah. I've run 5K. You've That's run the 5K, don't matter what shoes you're right, in, you've, got, yeah, you've still got run 5 That's what I'm Just trying learn, to tell I'm you. learning this, bit, this asking you're questions. You're going to get a pair business. of super shoes? I told you, once Shut I told up, you they're little... over 200 quid, you weren't so sure, were you? Well, well, before you told me that, I was really quite tempted. And yeah. obviously not tell any of my friends on the Strava group. I was suddenly see my times just... Uh, they will get cheaper these shoes I'm sure in the fullness of time but for I'll, now I, if, if anyone has a pair and wants to swap them for a 3x3 three three 
Panini sticker of well, me. It sounds like a fair swap. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It does sound like it's a fair one of these swap. in the world, Paul. Yeah, of course. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We have a three foot by three foot Panini sticker with Max's face on yes. it. It must go. Because uh, he doesn't want to carry it home through the streets of London. A bit weird. His missus doesn't want it cluttering up the place. Um, so you're telling us why you would like it this afternoon. You're also telling us after what happened to the people who went for their vaccination at Plymouth Argyle's ground and then found they were in the wrong queue and were queuing up for Plymouth season tickets. We want your wrong queue story so you can bring us some of those uh, this afternoon as well so yes, uh, here's one wrong yeah. queue I was in Mexico I queued for what I thought was a tour bus of the city after around 30 minutes I realised it wasn't it was just a normal bus <laughs> surely like the so- you know, surely it would be like open top you know yeah. with like someone no with a no audio microphone. commentary just sort of people with chickens and <laughs> exactly. it would have been yeah, a bit just, weird wouldn't it people with their shopping after yeah. around half an hour I realised it wasn't a tourist bus it should have you should have the penny should have dropped quicker than yeah. half an hour after a journey of around an hour I was the only passenger left on the bus and then the bus stopped in the middle of nowhere and the driver got out pointing at me to get off I had no idea where I was perfect no, that's, pretty, that's a good way to see the city though isn't that? that's proper travelling though thank you yeah. for that. if a touch dangerous mm. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast there we are that was uh, this afternoon's show and we'll do it all again tomorrow birthday spread of course oh tomorrow. yes I'm on a roll yeah, well, you are. That's right. I mean, I think, I think we can use the word momentum if you win tomorrow. I think if you don't win tomorrow, it's we use the word blip. Right, OK. But right, if you okay, win yeah, tomorrow, yeah, yeah, we can so. use the word momentum. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, we'll see. It's happening at half past three. We've got plenty of other stuff for you. Besides, until then, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 